My guest today is the grumpiest man in Boston. His book, Raising Boys to Be Better Men, is currently number 65,275 on the Amazon top, I guess, 70,000. Uh, please welcome Aaron Gouveia. Did I say your last name right? Gouveia? Yeah, that's the only thing you got right was my last name there. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, I, I'm pretty sure I got the name of the boy, Raising Boys to Be Good Men, right? That's the name of the book. Yeah, you said better men, but that's fine. You can you can totally screw up the name of my book. It's uh, not that important. After all, it's number sixty-five thousand, whatever. So, two hundred twenty-five, sixty-five thousand. <laughs> I would the, the book name is at the top of the page. the The bestsellers rank is at the middle, so I had to scroll down to read one and read the other. You know, so that's fine. You know what? I mean, you know, I'm used to people not from Massachusetts not being able to read well, so that's it's it's all good. They teach you to read in Massachusetts. <laughs> Best educated country, uh, best ed yeah, best educated state in the country. <laughs> well, I'm not going to look up that up to verify it. Uh, I'll just take your word for it. So, what I mean, what has been the most since it's in the intro, you wrote a book. What's been the most important thing to you over the last couple of years? Was it was it writing and constructing this book, or was it being the co-chair of the Tom Brady fan club? I mean, you know, until recently, it was the Tom Brady fan club because now he can go pound sand and um, all of those things, all of those flaws that um, I never saw before or chose to ignore are now very much right out in front. So I am I am good with you know rooting against Tampa Bay. I'm fine with that. I'm actually having a good time with that. And meanwhile, you know, the Patriots are struggling. Clearly, the Super Bowls were the most important thing I did. I mean, parenting and writing a book and those things are, are nice, but they're not necessary. The Super Bowl wins are necessary. My part in those Super Bowl wins as a fan, uh, standing in the right place, wearing the filthiest shirts, um, all the other awful superstitions that make my kids cry. Those are the things that brought us victory in addition to, you know, the players and the coaches, I guess. So, yeah. What's the most important thing? Six Patriots Super Bowls. That's what. I've spoken like a true Boston fan. I, I think watching you over the years and watching your Facebook, I think the superstitions have definitely been some of the amusing, most amusing things uh, in yeah. the universe. I mean, I mean, they used to be they used to be a lot worse, believe it or not, before social media really kicked in. Um, for instance, two thousand four, when I was dating my my now wife. Um, that was when the, the Red Sox made their run and they were down three games to nothing to the Yankees in the ALCS. And I got very desperate for that game four. I was staying at my girlfriend's house and she went to bed. She couldn't stand me anymore. Um, I then tried everything I could think of in the late innings with the Red Sox trailing. And what I ended up on, I took off my pants. I'm not sure quite why, but uh, that worked. So Kevin Millar got the walk and then Dave Roberts pinch hit. And I felt I needed more luck. So I grabbed her cat and I hate freaking cats. I hate them. I have her cat now and I'm pantsless and I stand on the couch because that could only be good luck. And then Roberts has the steal, but now the cat is just going crazy and it's scratching the hell out of me, but I'm holding on to it because I have to. And then Bill Miller gets the hit, and I am jumping around pantsless on my girlfriend's couch holding a cat that I'm now bloody and dripping blood everywhere because the cat has scratched me up. But they won that game. And the best part was I called, um, 
I called home to my brother and and my dad, and those maniacs had, uh, they were walking around with a lucky penny. My dad chants, power the penny, power the penny. He has a ball he caught in 1970 at Fenway, and they had unscrewed the broom handle to avoid the sweep. And they were watching from outside on the deck because inside was bad luck. So uh, I guess I'm saying my family has some some issues. Yeah, I, I think that a couple books could be written on the psychology of just your family's <laughs> superstitions alone. Uh, I mean, there's got to be part of you that knows it's all like, you know, just nonsense, right? Uh, no. 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 There's a part of me that knows that it works. Uh, and when it doesn't work, it's someone else's fault. Um, so, yeah, you can take that and shove it. So, so in your logic, somebody else is not following their superstitions appropriately. They're saying, oh, shit, I don't need to wear this dirty hat tonight. This doesn't really have any effect on what happens. And then yeah. they lose because of that. Somebody somewhere dropped the ball. And it's not always somebody else. I, you know, I, I do blame myself sometimes. Um, so my oldest child is 12. He is horrible, horrible luck. The first time we put a Patriots jersey on him was a Brady jersey in 2008 when he was born. And immediately in the first quarter of the first game, he was promptly hurt for the season. That child has never worn another Patriots shirt. He's never been allowed to. He's not allowed to watch games. And I, he cried one day at a Super Bowl, and I felt bad, and I let him watch. And that was the that was the Eagles Super Bowl. And so because I was a good dad for five minutes, the Patriots lost, and he is not allowed to watch again. So, yeah, I mean, there are tears, but uh, I'm willing to traumatize my kids for the betterment of Patriots Nation. Okay, so – I mean, championships is one thing, right? Championships, that's that's one thing. But there's 162 games in MLB a year. There's, there's what, 16 regular season games in the NFL. Uh, do you also superstitionize for the Bruins and the Celtics? Uh, no, the, the Bruins and the Celtics are are uh, not. It's, it's, Red, it's Patriots and then Red Sox. Bruins and Celtics are are just kind of blah at this point. They exist. Yeah, I gotcha. Uh, so, I mean, do you limit your superstitions to just championships, or do you hit up every 162 games in the MLB season with some sort of superstitious behavior that you feel would help them to win? Because they're not going to go 162-0. and 0. No. Uh, Patriots, Patriots is every time. Red Sox, uh, I really limit it to big games uh, during the regular season and certainly the, the playoffs. So do you think that if you showed up superstition-wise for 162 games that they might make that kind of history? I mean, I think the I think the Red Sox organization could give me season tickets and we could find out, certainly. I mean, I think that you almost have to try at this point, you know, just to see if it could be done. Yeah, well, I, I don't think much can be done uh, with all my help right now. With the Red Sox is currently constituted, they, it's a sorry state, but I, I think I could definitely improve it twenty five, thirty percent at least. Well, so again, by that by that logic, then it puts the weight of the performance on the team rather than the fans and their superstitions. I mean, you know, they have to do their part. I, I'm only one man. Right. Okay. So it's a it's a whole <laughs> team effort between the the fans and the and the team, I get you. I, I have no superstitions. Um, my teams are all spread all over 
based on split loyalties and where I come from, and I hate Tampa teams, so I'm, I'm for the first time I think ever I'm we're both rooting against Trump Brady, which is just weird. Um, <laughs> you know, I can't. I never liked the Patriots, obviously, and I never liked the Bucks, even though I lived down here. But such is life. So that's it. I mean, I, I really think your next book should be about superstitions. I really think you've got a lot there. I mean, I've never seen or talked to anybody who, I mean, you, I've seen pictures that you guys are just fucking insane with your superstitions. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just the dirty hats, the not letting your son watch the game. And, um, the, I mean, the standing on the couch, like you said, and the, I, I know I've talked to you, the penny. And, there, there are others. There are others. We, we can't get into it all now and delve into my psyche because it's a, it's a dark, strange place but yeah there's a there's a lot going on during the season and uh, it's it's a commitment yeah this season's a little tough to be uh to be superstitious isn't it it is i mean it's tough for us my dad's had season tickets for you know this would have been his 49th year so um i've been going and sitting in the same seats in two different stadiums for you know pretty much my whole life 35 i can remember going to games at five and six and i've been going to pretty much everyone since so this is a this is a strange time not to be there yeah but i mean considering they're i mean they're not bad this year but considering this is not the worst season to miss they're not going to make the playoffs so i would, wouldn't fret too much I guess. Uh, yeah you know i, I wouldn't uh I, I don't think that's true i think they're going to win tonight against baltimore i think they're going to go 10 and six and i think they will make the playoffs well, they're definitely losing tonight, and they're going to finish behind the Dolphins in the division. This is uh, false, and you're entitled to be wrong. You're from Florida. I'm sure you're used to it, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> so getting off sports, well, I know that's hard to get off sports. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I really do think your next book should be about superstitions, but your current book, which I guess we'll have to talk about since I mentioned it, and I'll link to it in the show notes, obviously. Uh, it really is a, a was interesting when you came out with this book and the path that led to this book. We don't have to retell the entire story, um, but I, you know everybody should know that that coming from you, uh, it was very strange to see and and your past. I mean, your past, like a lot of us. Um, fathers was you know mixed, you know, because we had. We grew up, our parents are boomers, so we grew up with a certain mentality around us about how boys should behave, that kind of thing. And, you know, breaking free from that and evolving as people and and raising our children different um, is not easy. And you being a hardcore sports guy and Boston especially is a hard town, I know, because uh, I've seen movies that take place in Boston, you know, to... <laughs> To break free of that and to 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 raise your sons differently and and in my opinion your opinion better and more enlightened, um, that's not an easy thing to do. So you know credit to you for that. And uh, you know do you have any words on on what that was like to go through? I mean yeah the the whole book is basically just me talking about what a unbelievably dumb jackass I was for a very embarrassingly long time even after I became a parent. Uh, you know, I think like a lot of guys, I grew up with, you know, some of the same things, some of the same crap that everyone did. Like, you know, if, if an idea or a person was dumb, we called it gay. Uh, you know, we said boys will be boys and don't throw like a girl and, you know, all that crap. I, di I did all that. And, uh, you know, that's actually what I told my publisher 
uh, when, when they called me up and asked me to write this book, I said, you know, I think you got the wrong guy. I'm, I'm not the right person for this. I, I've been in the wrong so many times I've lost count. Um, and they said, you know, that's kind of the draw of the book. You know, we think that you can talk to some of the people who might identify with that and try to be better. So basically this is me recounting what an idiot I was for many, many years and pointing out some landmines that I stepped on so that other people don't have to step on them. And, um, you know, I'm fully aware not everyone's going to read this book. If you, if you uh, roll your eyes at the term toxic masculinity and you don't think it exists and uh, you're, you're hardcore for, you know, for Trump or something, then you know, don't buy this book. It's not for you. But if you have some of those things and, you know, you think that there might be a better way and you're interested in at least keeping an open mind, then this book is for you. And that's who I wrote it for. So I think one step at a time, it's definitely, I mean, it's a book and, you know, it's whatever. No one's going to, it's not going to change the world or anything, but I think it is a good step in the right direction. I think the more people are talking about this, the better. Uh, and yeah, so I, I screwed up a lot and now I wrote a book and you can go buy it on Amazon. A uh, link will be in the show notes with my affiliate code. So may I, I ask about that, um, that past behavior? We all, a lot of us have it and a lot, you know, I was a piece of shit throughout high school and a little after and you know i did change when i had kids and i and i my world was opened up being in an a artistic town and being in that community and a lot of people are changing even though our culture is kind of very divided in a sense right now not in a sense it is um there are people out there we see changing and i saw like the other day somebody dragged up one of your old tweets and to shame you i believe what do you what do you feel about that? Like when people have gone through this change, and when we've we've changed, and we still leave our histories out there, we still leave our past out there, and when people dredge it up, like how do you feel in those kind of situations? Like what do you want to tell people, like without anger, you know? I mean, you know, if something I said, I think ten years ago, I think I commented on it's always sunny in Philadelphia when they had Carmen the the transvestite on there, and I I I use the word tranny, and yeah, someone brought that up. Uh, you know, I don't remember typing it. It was a decade ago, but I said it. And so, you know, I'm not going to pretend I didn't say it. I said a ton of shitty things that I wouldn't say today because I know better. Uh, um, you know, if, if somebody wants to go back and dredge that up, that is absolutely their right. And they can do that. And I'm not going to get mad about that, but you know, I would hope that who, whoever does that also looks at the body of work since then and the, and the changes since then. And they have to figure out for themselves whether or not they, you know, uh, whether or not something you said 10, 11 years ago is, you know, subject for disqualifying everything you said thereafter. And, you know, for some people it will be, for some people it won't be. And, you know, it's nothing I can do about that. Um, you know, I tend to, you know, th there are some things that, you know, that I've put out there that I've absolutely apologized for. I apologize for that. I didn't have trans friends at the time. I didn't know anybody who was trans. Now I, I absolutely do. And uh, those people were good enough to set me straight and to tell me, you know, how hurtful some of the things I was saying was. They had the patience to, to you know, let me into their world and express their viewpoints to me. And I heard them. And so, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, no, no one says retard anymore for good reason because, it's a, it's a hurtful term. I now know tons of parents with, you know, kids with developmental disabilities and downs 
And that word, they've explained how that word is really hurtful. So, you know, I thought to myself, do, do I want to fight to keep using this word that I don't need to use, but I, I can easily cut it out, but it causes a ton of pain if I, to people if I keep using it. So, of course, I'm not going to use it. You know, I, I don't want to, I don't want those people to feel bad. So, you know, that's, it is what it is. They have every right to, to dredge it up and use it against me. And I'll just continue to keep saying, yep, that was a shitty thing to do. And uh, I'm always trying to do better, but I'm not going to get all bent out of shape about it because it's part of who I was. It was my journey to get here. And my journey was not pretty or perfect. No, I'm going to guess mixed with your superstitions. It didn't smell nice either. No, so, yeah. freaking terrible. <laughs> Still terrible. Yeah, I think we, we spend a lot of time <laughs> sniping at each other. Not just me and you. I'm not me and you on this, but, but you know, on, on social media, people, they, they dig up everything. They want to attack. It's everybody's always on the attack. Um, so, I mean, just from anywhere from sports to this kind of stuff. So it it's always strange when I see somebody dig up something from a decade ago and be like, oh, this is who you are. Well, this is who I was. This is who we were. Yeah. People change. More people need to go through that change, I believe. So those were the uh, two questions I had. <laughs> <laughs> this is well-prepared. I mean, this is... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I believe in, in full preparation. You know, uh, you know, I write down the two quick questions on a post-it note about five minutes before I hit record, so then we're going to go. Uh, that's just how I roll. Hey, so, nothing wrong with that. No. So, I mean, what do you what do you think is 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 next with this kind of behavior? Do you think it keeps getting amplified by social media? Do you think we keep getting worse at each other, or do you think at some point, you know, we can't wait for everybody to, to meet their own personal evolution? And a lot of people are stuck within their circles, their little worlds. They're not exposed to anything and. We thought social media would expose them to that, but it just gave them a platform to snipe. I mean, do you think that it's going to change? Do you think that's just going to get worse? I think, I, I think we'll probably have incremental progress. The, the way I look at it, you know, anytime you have uh, big progress, I do think you know you kind of you go forward and then all of a sudden people get freaked out and then you lurch back a little bit. I think as the last four years have shown us, in my opinion, um, I think that social media, it's tough. I mean, I have seen both extremes of this. I, I have simultaneously been put on blast. Um, you know, I, I let my kid, I let my sons paint their fingernails mm -hmm. and that landed me on a literal Nazi website. I mean, front page of, a, of the Daily Stormer, an actual Nazi website, deconstructing my looks. Uh, they called me an Ubermensch. I'm still not exactly sure what that is, but um, but at least I, they said I was a high functioning Ubermensch. So that's kind of kind of nice, high functioning. But you know, at the same time, I landed on a Nazi website. But then I also, you know, this book deal came out of that, and uh, thousands of of guys painted, you know, painted their nails and, and sent pictures to my son supporting them. And so, you know, yeah, there was a lot of bad, but I, you know, I have seen the internet work like it's supposed to. And, and when it does, it's good. 
so yeah, I know I'm supposed to be the grumpiest uh, guy in Boston, and I kind of am, but I think there's enough good where, you know, we'll keep moving forward. It just won't be as quickly as anybody wants. And, you know, I think then, you know, sometimes we're just going to take a staggering few steps backwards and, <laughs> and that's going to put us in a funk for a few years and, and tough to get out. I mean, if we're looking at Joe Biden as this huge progress, that's, <laughs> that's kind of a sign of where we're at. <laughs> what I call that is the, uh, the Paul Abdul uh, theory of sociology. Uh, two steps forward, one step back. <laughs> yeah, no, I got it. I just uh, chose to laugh at you. So Mensch in Yiddish, Mensch is derived from Yiddish, and it's a person of integrity of honor. So if they were calling you an Uber Mensch, I that's very confusing. But they're not a very smart group of people, so no, no that kind of makes sense. Uh, well, that's all I got. Um, oh, sorry, no, it was Unter Untermensch. Untermensch. I don't we, know we what the there. first one means. <laughs> I'm gonna guess maybe it meant not a Mensch. Regardless, it got you a book deal, so yeah. joke's on them. Yeah, I've made dozens of dollars since then. Dozens. I mean, <laughs> dozens. 65000 man. That's that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I tell you, it's, it's been really awesome uh, publishing a book in the middle of a pandemic when you can't go to bookstores and do author events. It's uh, my, my, my debut book has really been a, a, a blast to publicize, let me tell you. I bet. I, I still do think your second book should be about your superstitions, and it will be turned into a movie starring Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I guarantee you. I don't want. No, it's not going to be Mark Wahlberg. It's it can't be. There's, takes, there's, there's takes, a limit on how many Boston movies it one takes man place, can do. It takes place in Boston. It'll star Mark Wahlberg and be directed by Peter Berg. <laughs> All right, uh, well, the problem is I don't have the Boston accent though. That's what everyone gets on me on. They, you know, my wife has a ridiculous Boston accent. She sounds like a, like a just cartoon character or something. And I, I just I didn't get it. I don't know why, but it's a, it's a shortcoming for sure. Well, on that note, I'd like to thank uh, Aaron for uh, joining our podcast today. Uh, this this motherfucker over here, he's okay. He's got a big head, but he's okay. Fuck the Pats. All right. Thanks for joining me, Aaron. Uh, I'm going to yeah, hit stop now. Got <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, Aaron's book will be in the show notes, as mentioned, as well as some other links to anything else we mentioned. But I don't remember what those was because I don't write them down. Once again, my thanks to Aaron for joining today. Uh, you can find a link to his book, Raising Boys to Be Good Men, and then some subtitle in the show notes as well as link to his Twitter account per usual so you can go follow him on Twitter say hello don't say hello tell him the Patriots suck you know normal Twitter activity uh, that's it next week uh, we'll have another guest who will talk about other things and other stuff sounds like fun outro music <laughs>